morning, church. <laughs> this is sitting at the table. And this is Eli Galan, and I'm here sitting at this table with Esteban Galan, Chris Grimaldo, and Jesus Belcher. Can I get, like, a special guest, Chris And Yeah, we, yeah, we got a special guest here, Chris Grimaldo. He's, uh, actually, I'll go ahead go ahead and explain um, who you are, Chris, and um, you know, a little bit about your faith. Go ahead. My name is Chris Grimaldo. Uh, I am Pentecostal. I attend Highway Worship Center, which is part of the Assemblies of God. And um, I've gone there all my life, except for when I was, like, younger when I went to a Baptist church and I don't remember much about it but I know I like well I don't know I like I just always have gone to a uh, higher worship center because it's like right across the street from me <laughs> how old are you Chris I'm 17 and what age do you think you accepted Christ into your life probably like well I've probably done it like many times as a child because right. you know <laughs> you, what you do at church but like I think I officially accepted God for what he is and how I actually understand him until I was like 15 or 16. Okay. Oh, that's so true. That is so yeah. true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't know about other denominations or like other groups, but definitely with Pentecostals, like it's yeah. like an every single day thing. Hey, this one, tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, uh, I am a lay person in the United Methodist Church at Boise uh, First United at Cathedral of the Rockies. I've been a member at the Cathedral of the Rockies for three years. It's quite a long time. All right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Suze. Yeah. Um, I've been going to, well, I'm a member of uh, Calvary Chapel um, here at the local church in Ontario. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, the Southern Baptist Convention and I'm not a member. I, I just feel like I tend to agree with a lot of the stuff they do. Um, I've been a believer, I don't know, I think like maybe 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I remember that stage of my life was really weird. So I came to know the Lord sometime around there. But Is there any reason yeah. you don't attend a Baptist <laughs> congregation? You know, because I, I don't, I, I'm at Calvary Chapel. Um, I guess I haven't like really like felt called to go anywhere else. I mean, um, so you're, I, I you're, know that local church, and so I, I want to invest more in that local church. I want to invest more in the people there. Um, also, I, if I'm going to be a Baptist, like I would want to know a lot more about it. Um, from my very like, I don't know a lot of the details, but from the few things I do here, I agree a lot. With you know, but the, what's really interesting about that is that you know I, I grew up. Um, Pentecostal, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I, I've been a believer growing up in the church, um, and I I started attending a Methodist church simply out of convenience, and mm-hmm. my membership there, though, and, like, my time where I've learned the values of our Wesleyan tradition, which many Pentecostals do. I know you folks at the Assembly of God Church are Wesleyans um, by nature, and, uh, can you but, uh, explain to me what oh, that is? So yeah, so John Wesley um, <clears throat> is the founder of like the American Christian Church, basically. Uh, he left the Church of England, a um, very theocratic um, way of governing. And when he came, uh, he was kind of to America to spread the gospel. He built a lot of churches, and traditionally through the United Methodist Church. However, um, as history goes on, we found that many social issues um, divided us, sometimes some on the wrong and some on the right side of history. And unfortunately, uh, the specific history you might not know about the Assembly of God, 
uh, throwback to uh, the early part of the uh, 19th, um, 1900s when women's suffrage started becoming uh, mm-hmm. an issue and women uh, clergy. Uh, unfortunately, the United Methodist Church was not on the right side of history. And the Assembly of God Church uh, congregation split away from the United, from the Methodist tradition and created their own denomination where they um, honored women in ministry. Mm-hmm. And so those, but that happens throughout history all the time and throughout so just, why we have a lot of different denominations here today in America. But John Wesley is the father, I think, of the American church. Are you? Um, and a little bit myself. Um, I have been going to church my entire life, um, but becoming a true believer hadn't happened until like three years ago. Um, I doubted a lot, and I think because of that, my faith is strong. Yeah, I doubted a lot. Oh, doubted. I thought you said dabble. I doubted a lot, and and I think because of that, my faith is stronger because of it. And um, as far as being a part of the Assemblies of God Church, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm specifically tied to that. I mean, I, I just want to say I'm just a Christ follower, and that's how I would, I would like to define myself and how mm-hmm. I would like to call myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call myself a member yeah. of the AG Church. I want You're to call very myself free a in your Christian <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like like a lot of people, like, that's not a bad thing. Like, for me, like, yeah, I'm a member of Calvary Chapel. I'm not ashamed of, like, being a member of Calvary Chapel, but, like, it's, it's way more about, like, just that one community there um, than... Mm-hmm you know, being part of a whole national organization. Not, not that there's anything wrong with either way. It's just like, there's nothing wrong with being invested in a certain church in a certain community I would, specifically. Absolutely. I think yeah. you, you're called to a certain area and you're called to a community and that's where you serve. Um, I would just make an argument for organized church since I'm saying a lot of people who are not into that. Maybe um, we are able to become an organized global church. We have churches in almost every nation across the globe. And we are there for one of the greatest pleasures is that we get to be organized in natural disasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we always the three M's, um, the, Methodite, the Methodists, the Mennonites, and the Mormons. Mm-hmm. We are at every natural disaster. And when after FEMA leaves, after all the national aid, when people stop funding GoFundMe accounts, who's still there? Mm-hmm. You'll see the Mennonites and the Methodists standing side by side with their hammers, still rebuilding communities. And that's, I think, one of the benefits of being a global church. Right. Um, and, and you get to meet people from all over the world. Right, right. Yeah, and so that kind of brings us to our, our topic a little bit. Um, because if you um, didn't listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to, because um, we were answering the question, what is Christianity? And so we asked questions like, what did Jesus come for? What was the main point of Jesus' movement? And, you know, talking about natural disasters and, you know, being, being uh, a relief... Um, in, in emergencies, that brings us to our, our next question that we're going to answer during this show. What does that mean we are to do with God and in relationship, in relation with other people? Um, and so, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and answer that. I'm going to first ask the question to Esteban. What, with all in context of what the main point of Jesus' movement was, what he came for, what does that mean we are to do with God specifically? Not, we're not talking about people. We're talking about mm-hmm. specific in relation with God. And I, I can understand where yeah. you would be like, well, that is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when, yeah. well, okay. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, for the first part of like 
our story has always been about, you know, think about the Shema. Our Jewish friends have taught us a prayer that, uh, if you don't know what the Shema is, um, it's, if you go into the early parts of our story, uh, of the, of a walk, there's a prayer taught by our priests. Uh, it's that famous prayer, you know it, once I say it, you know, love, um, God with all your heart, mind, and strength, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you're just reminded that you need to lean on him. And I think that's, that's what Jesus taught us. I think that's what, you know, we are to draw closer to God constantly. And so we are called to not just, you know, spend time, but get to learn his heart. Become like him. So if somebody was asking, like, you know, I, I've been hearing about that at church. I've been hearing people talk about it. Grow closer to God. Be closer to God. Sure. You know, build that relationship. How do I do that? What does that look like? Like, what? what is that? So you know? I think yeah. the hard part about that is, um, for a lot of people, is that it does require discipline. Um, there are practices in our texts and our holy scriptures that teach us how to get closer to God. And it's very simple things. Number one... Uh, it's a. Uh, are you listening? Uh, when God knocks, are you opening the door? Um, it's a matter of um, consciousness with God that you have, and so, uh, for example, the first place to do it would be: Are you reading the scriptures? Are you reading about His character? Are you reading about who God is? And when you spend time actually learning the context of God's relationship with his people, then you actually might discover a deeper relationship with God. And, you know, I mean, I'm going to be speaking for a lot of Christians here. That is so hard to just do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why discipline was my number one. Word. But I, mean, I don't yeah, say you, discipline. I think it's more of dedication, like actually putting in that work and effort and time into following God's word and actually applying that to your daily lives. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we're talking about just the first part about how to get closer to God because God does have very specific steps on how to live your life. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just, are you learning about God? Are you spending time in meditation with God? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, what do you think that looks like? On How, how do you do that? On like, yeah, yeah, spending time, dedicating. Yeah. What, what practices right. would you recommend? Yeah, well, it's so true that it's hard to really equate or really get, like know, like I guess pragmatically, how to draw closer to God. Like, how do I know God? Like, I know my wife or mm-hmm. I know my yeah. friends. Um, and it's so true. I honestly, like, for me, <laughs> I, I, I see, um, I, I see God. Um, my relationship with God is definitely different than other people's than than my relationship with people. What I oh, is I what I mean. Um, it's not it's not a matter of so much like oh hey buddy or like um, you know literally like seeing him each day. It's it's so much more about um, learning how to listen to God. Um, like Esteban said, like learning his character by like you by reading the scriptures and just seeing. Um, just some of the stuff he says, some of the stuff he teaches, how he relates to other people. You start, it, it's so funny because it's like, 
at first, it seems like it's just such a distant idea of who God is. But um, definitely, as Scripture, like, says, and, like, as, as I've seen in my own life, like, as you read the Scriptures, as you ask God to help you to know him, um, as you ask God to, to draw closer to you, as you draw closer to him, um, I guess he's always near, right? <laughs> you know what's interesting? Yeah. You know what's really interesting is, like, what I love about, you know, the Torah when we, when we read the first few books of the Old Testament, when we read the Torah, um, we get stories about people seeking God, mm-hmm. and, and we see how it's done. I think that's what's beautiful about the Christian um, tribe, is that we get examples of people who aren't perfect at it, but people who do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, we, of course, we get the example of Jesus. But if we look at Jesus, if we look at Moses, if we look at some of the greatest prophets of all time, what do they do when they are desperate in need of communication with God? Mm-hmm. Jesus goes into the desert. Yeah. Moses climbs goes to the mountain. You know, those are the moments where they, they separate themselves from their everyday lives. They create a space to listen. They fast to contemplate. I think one thing is we're in the season of Lent right now. And so one thing that we always forget is that Lent isn't about keeping temptations out of your life. Right. But it's about creating a space for God. Mm -hmm. Instead of eating today, I use this time where I would for lunch to seek God. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, not, not to like diss on the Catholic Church or the Catholic faith or anything, but I hear so many claims of, yeah, I'm fasting this, you know, oh, I'm not going to do that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm giving this up. For what? You know, what are you doing with it? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the times, it's, well, I'm just going to do something else instead, which isn't mm-hmm. what the purpose of exactly what, why Jesus asked right. us to do it. Or you spend your whole time not doing the thing, just thinking about doing that thing. <laughs> <laughs> when you're yeah. starving, you're just like sitting there. Yeah, yeah so definitely so practicing growing closer to God. Right. Um, I, I think I wanted, I was yeah. going to um, ask something else. Go like, ahead. My relationship, it, it never, I don't think it ever will be like anyone else's. And honestly, even to this day, um, it's not like I see God face to face or I hear God literally speaking to my ear ever. But it's so funny because like I know who he is and he knows who I am. And because I've built this relationship and I'm still continuing to build this relationship um, I can see in a lot of different ways God speaking to me either through scripture or just um, the way I interact with people. Um, he's just like maybe just putting thoughts into my head that like I wouldn't normally have thought. But it's certainly like there is, there is actually like a relationship there between me and God. Mm-hmm. Like I know some people like just have a hard time like just understanding how that looks, but I don't know how to explain it, but there is like a relationship there. There is knowledge of who he is and, and there is I guess I don't know what the word is there is like a true like knowledge not with my head but like with my heart knowledge that he's involved in my life and he's working in my life and even though I can't see him like he definitely is there he is mm-hmm. existent there okay um any last thoughts on that before we move on from any of our okay right yeah what was that question again Oh, yeah, how do we draw close? Yeah. Yeah. What are we to do with that? Yeah. Right. So, and then the second greatest commandment is to love others. Mm -hmm. And so, 
what are we to do uh, in relationship with other people? Like, um, with all this knowledge that we have and like mm-hmm. why Jesus is here, his mm-hmm. purpose, what, what's, what, what are we to do with it in relation to other people? Right. right. So I'm going to almost start with Jesus on this one. Yeah. Well, definitely share this good news, share this gospel of the fact that we can know God, that we have access to the Father, that the Father wants to know us and wants to be involved in um, our lives, just like I explained, like he is with my life. He, he, wants, he wants everyone to know him, and so that way... They, they can build a relationship with their Heavenly Father, mm-hmm. um, but also, so that way, they, they can um, start, like, I guess, like, fixing things in their lives. And what I mean by that is, like, not, like, like you know, fix their own problems, but, like... I'm a little bit waiting for, for you to get to the to the people part of this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, share, share this news, I guess. Part of it is, yeah, share this news to these people of, like, this awesome relationship with they can have with God. Do you think God. that that's the main point on... The main point in relation with other people is to share the gospel. It's to, yeah. you know, just share the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so, it, it is. Like, I honestly do believe that it is to share this because I think I know, like, like kind of what you're leading up to. Like, yeah. we, we are called to, to feed the poor, to to help those who need help, to, to bring, um, like, hope and, like, life to these people. But honestly, like, like, I think from what Scripture says, like, the way Jesus does that and the way the apostles do that is by preaching this gospel so that way they can see this hope in God and how things can actually change in their lives with their relationship in God. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's just funny because I was waiting. I was about to <laughs> make that point. Here's the difference. You're an evangelical. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not about evangelizing in that way. In fact, I would say that it actually harms our witness. Yeah, I mean, when, well, let me just give my, my share yeah, yeah. on like why I, I almost disagree with you, um, because no matter how hard you try on explaining the word of God to someone, it's all worthless if you're not loving them, if you're not helping them. Mm-hmm. Just, why are they even listening to you? Which I understand your point. If you truly love someone, you want them to know the good news that mm-hmm. God is accessible. Yeah. Well, Especially, even more than that, too, if, if because of my belief, like I honestly think that's what helps the people the most. That's what right. they actually need. That they need to know that God exists mm-hmm. in a way that you can change your life, that your circumstance doesn't need to control you. I understand that mm-hmm. uh, completely. Mm-hmm. But I would, I would say that, you know, our most powerful witnesses are actually our actions because when they can see that I, I mean, cause let's be honest, life can really suck sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you, we live in a world of, in where we are always constantly traveling through the Valley of death. And when they can see you living such a life where you not only are in joy, but you're also giving in huge amounts of generosity towards others around you, you're living a life of piety, that's when people are going to be like, what the hell is going on with that guy? And then they're going to be like, how do you do it? How do you keep that together? And he's like, you know what? I don't. Yeah. That's so funny because, like, I I get what you guys are saying. And, like, I think maybe this is just something wrong on my part or maybe it's, it's like... I should be wrong, you know. Well, I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I'm not, I don't think I'm missing that. Like, to me, like, when I'm preaching the gospel to people, like, <laughs> I guess, like, that's, like, one and the same with that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think about um, early in Acts, um, I think it's in Acts chapter 6, where the people are feeding the widows. And I, I don't know, it's just funny because, like, I, I'm not at all against that. To me, it's like all of that is like one thing. I, I, I look at that as all one thing. My preaching the gospel, I guess, would be doing stuff like that, too. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, I totally agree I, with you. I you know what I mean? I don't see the need of having to say, like, watch this. Like, what if you were able to grab a meal and you're able to bring it mm-hmm. to someone? And I could be like, this is from me to you mm-hmm. and from Jesus with love. Yeah, right. Boom. I think that's done. Way, way more volume. Than you don't need to be like, here's this. If you follow Jesus, you won't be on the sidewalk right. anymore. Yeah. Because that's not even a true statement. Got, Christianity is not a promise that your life gets better. Christianity, because it's, it's, it's not. The other way. It, it's just, sometimes it goes quite opposite. In fact, ask Job. Um, but what Christianity is a promise is that you don't have to do this life alone. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. In, I, in, 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 yeah. Like, hold on. I, I, yeah, I'd like to get yeah, Chris's yeah, thoughts on, on like, what, what do you think he, what do you think you value more, on the sharing the love part or sharing the word part? You know, that's kind of what the discussion um, is right now. De- definitely, definitely sharing the love part because, like, for this goes for anything. Like, actions speak louder than words. And I totally agree with you. And then when it's just like sharing words, it's just words, and like, it's just sharing words that. <laughs> can go through people's heads like so easily especially like when you're having a hard time in your life at that point because like you know you don't want to listen to anyone you just want to like figure something out to help you and the best way you can help people is by doing things for them like you know like especially like homeless people or like people are just having a hard time like do like just little things just little acts of love and kindness that like make people's day not just yeah. not right. just and that and that, 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 that opens the dialogue onto like why are you doing this like, but i do have to give it testimony to what Jesus is talking about. Because I think about... I mean, I'm not saying that this is what you're doing, but I'm going to share the story and I'm about, not saying what Jesus is saying is wrong. It's just mm-hmm. like... Right. right. But I, while we may disagree on how it's done, I, I will have to make the statement that God is bigger than both of us in this moment because I have to share the story from college because this is, hits this right on the nail. Mm-hmm. One time... And I'm not saying this is how you, how you engage your... You're strangers, but uh, there's this guy, this notorious pastor that goes on to the college campus, and college campus is everywhere. But what he does, he gets, he literally gets a soapbox, stands on it, sometimes a megaphone, but he'll usually have a chalkboard or a sign, and mostly interacts with the women as they cross. He's very discouraged the fact that women are going to college, and they're wearing jeans, because that's not God's role. Mm-hmm. For them, in his understanding. And then he starts quoting scripture. Um, I remember being so upset and so angry. But then I realized later that day, I went. I had a conversation with him and he was mostly um, receptive to what I was saying. I was concerned that here you are, you're just preaching the gospel. A complicated text that people aren't listening to, they just see your your concern for them not wearing pants. They don't see your love. Because right. the, he sees it as an act of love. I'm sharing the gospel because I love these people, but they're not mm-hmm. feeling that. Well, I do have a testament that God still used them because later that evening, there was a, such a buzz around campus where people were so upset. Oh, <laughs> I think I've heard this story before. <laughs> they were so upset, and they're like, those Christians! <laughs> 
And one, and then I finally had the courage, and I stepped up and I was like, you, you know, I'm actually a Christian. And they're like, what? <laughs> That's why you're so rad, you're so nice, you're so accessible. Like, how can you believe such crazy shit? I'm sure they said that. No, they really did. <laughs> no, I mean, they really were blown away. And then eventually, we started talking. We started talking about existential questions, the meaning of life, what is space, what is out there. And before you know it, at the end, I got to share my faith story and they heard the gospel in the most pure way mm-hmm. of love and of questions that that guy wished he was getting mm-hmm. he wished like i want you to ask me about god but they weren't going to but eventually god had a line of servants and he will never see the fruit of that i still completely disagree with him yeah. and i don't honor the way he did it and i'm not saying that's the way you do it uh-huh. and i I think there's still a greater way to do it. But God's word never goes in vain. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Mm-hmm. And um, well, that's just... That's I, so I, hard to like... It's a hard thing it's to hard swallow. It's hard to digest yeah. when, mm. when there's people, Donald Trump, quoting scripture completely out of context, completely... Two just, Corinthians. Like knocking it way out, way out in the outfield. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. So, um, like, you guys are so right that it's so much... It, it, it's so much about like what you do, like besides like just you know feed the poor, you know and the gospel can be seen that way. Um, I think there's like a passage in like James where it says like what it says like oh bless you, but like you know <laughs> oh man what does it say? It's like true religion is this to um, you know what does it say to feed the poor or give the poor what they need and to keep yourself like righteous. Like I, I totally agree with you guys. But it's funny because, like, I guess the way I imagine it and I guess the reason why I answered that way is because if I only had two choices to give somebody, um, like, a blanket for a cold night and not be able to tell them anything or preach the gospel or, you know, tell them about Jesus but not be able to give them anything, I think it's so much more important to give to preach the gospel than give the blanket. Um, I, I have another, like, like whole, I think... To, to me, yeah. that, that whole blanket situation, I believe that... If, if it was a one choice or the other kind of thing, I think both are failures. I believe you need both hand in hand for it to be fruitful. Mm. See, I, I, would, I would disagree for the eucumenical guy over here. I'm going to tell you that the blanket is the only way. Because, because, because... I disagree. Right. Yeah, because, that's an awesome because, question. How, 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 how is God in that? How is God in that? Because he sees the love. He know? sees the love. He okay, he because God, the love. Let's, let's talk about this. Scripture says, God is... But how, how does that and define you as a Christian by just handing him a blanket? God. Because you're right. Well, here's the problem. Here's with, the problem that we've created. Wait, wait. Can I? I was gonna make yeah. another point. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, no, there's no, this no, thing. No, okay. I do want to go back to this. So, like, I do want to go back to this. okay, I was, I was commending what you guys are saying by, you know, referencing that passage in James. But then I also like think about some of the other passages, some of the stuff that Jesus said. Unless you eat my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part in me. Or when the um, apostles in the in the I guess the, the the church planners I guess you'd call them in Acts when they go they they just go into the synagogue and they preach the gospel. It's uh, it's there's, specific apostles, and we're talking about that's that is true. That's true. Yeah, we're that's talking true. about Jews who went to go preach the Jews. They the, the people with biblical context. I think you're right. If we're like churches, people mm-hmm. of faith communities of privilege they don't need a blanket right and they need right. to be, they need to just be spoken truth right 
So you're saying... But if somebody who is poor or has leprosy or uh, is a widow or is an orphan, what did the early church do? They housed the orphan. Mm-hmm. They married the widow. So you're saying it's, it's, it's just all in the context of what action you take? For each specific... For each specific yeah, person. I mean, there's never going to be... Or okay. every time it's a, a blanket or the Bible Yeah, situation. oh yeah, no, definitely, it okay. definitely is. A, I, I'm definitely not saying... I. Acts, I agree with you. It goes in hand in hand, but I guess it, I guess the really the part that we're disagreeing is like which one is more important. And honestly, like I think it's more biblical when when you see Jesus not performing miracles to people because of their disbelief, or when you see the people that but, Jesus well, did. Well, rewind. Jesus but Jesus also, also apologized. He was also admitted he was wrong when he did it. We think about one of the most crucial pieces of scripture. We never stop and we ever mm-hmm. really analyze this piece. Let's talk about the Canaanite woman who comes up to him. And this is one of those key moments because before that, you did, you're right. Jesus did deny miracles to people and he was about to do it again. This woman had come up to her, him and said, my daughter is dying, if not already dead. Mm-hmm. But I know you can do something about mm-hmm. it. And he looks her straight in the eye and says, I didn't come for you. We never pause. We never pause on that moment. And she, that hurts. And it takes this Canaanite woman to be like, but even the dogs get the scraps. Mm-hmm. I just want the scraps. And then you could, you know, almost in that moment, you could feel Jesus' yeah. heart sink to his stomach. And he realized he was wrong. And he looks to her <laughs> and he says, woman, your faith has healed. And that was, this is one of my favorite moments that Jesus had a learning moment. He had a learning moment that he realized he did not just come for the Jews. He came for everyone. Uh, I'll only comment if you guys want me to on what I think about that passage, but it's, um, okay, well, like, I don't, I don't think, I think he was doing it because like, not because he, I'm not, he wasn't wrong, but he was just testing her face. To see, I and, and I mean, I, maybe that's the wrong word, but but it's, but, it's Jesus. It's I mean, Jesus, God and, and I think that goes back. Times that he would okay, there's there's this one thing I I think is even more I guess sure. solid on explaining this, and and there's a point where um, I think it's in Matthew 26, but there's a lady anointing Jesus with perfumes, and, and Judas responds to him by saying, you know, what is he saying? It's in John where he says it like. You know, this 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 could have given could have been given to feed the poor. Like the, the perfume she was using was really expensive, worth a lot of money. But Jesus blessed her because she was preparing him. She was obviously like showing him love, but preparing um, him for like burial for for the resurrection. At least that's what the passage says. Sure. Um, and what Jesus says is, "The poor you'll always have with you," but. Um, and when he says that, like, I, I'm not saying that it's wrong. I mean, that that, I is, think, that we shouldn't be... I think there's... there's, a, there's well, a, let me finish. Okay, I, I was just going to say, Jesus there at that moment points to how Jesus is more important than, than that. And, and, and Jesus, all he was saying there was that she was preparing for the burial, so it was appropriate I that she was spending the money. I think there's a difference in context reading, because I don't read it like that at okay, all. Okay, how, how do you read it? The way I read that moment... It's like when Judas and the other disciples were like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. It was more about the fact that we had a prostitute at the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it had a lot and nothing to do with the, the perfume. 
because it wasn't for them to decide what the perfume happened, what happened to that, yeah. right? Like, so Judas makes that comment, it's like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, but it was out of like shaming the woman. Yeah. Here's this woman, strike number one, prostitute, a million strikes after that, <clears throat> washing Jesus' feet with her hair, mm-hmm. touching the man, and using this perfume. So I think those comments are very much that. And yes, Jesus did, uh, and I think what Jesus was trying to pr- make the point was, look, I'm here for her too. Yeah. I'm, cre- I'm This intimacy is open to all people. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, th- I have a hard time with people... I don't, no, I don't think I, you're really, well, the only one that takes it though. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. many majority of Christians take that my, take that story in that kind of context. My that's, only issue with that is that Jesus says, "Like the poor, you will always have with you." I mean, I guess we'll just have to have to read the passage. I mean, I might be wrong, but my my whole point being is that Jesus, there, it's it's not just about social justice. If it was, why wouldn't Jesus do so many more? miracles it, it explicitly talks about how jesus wouldn't do a miracle in his because own town at the very end he gives us a very important passage I, i'm not here to say it's only about social justice i'm not arguing that yeah yeah but justice is the reason for god in the first place that's what i mean let me talk about the first story to the last it's about justice when people get, adam and eve got kicked out of the garden is because it was unjust that they were there. I mean, I mean, there's such, there's just so many um, stories we could go through. Yeah. But I think what's important is that you're right. I'm not. We, you can't forsake God, the love of God, for love of people. Mm-hmm. But you can't forsake the love of people, for the love of God. Yeah. In fact, yeah. you, God says you can't love me unless you love my people. Yeah. That was the whole point of yeah. Jesus' movement. Right. Mm-hmm. Jesus needed to remind the Jews. I'm sorry if you're Jewish. That might be very offensive. He needed to remind the people of that time. <laughs> Those Jews. <laughs> that I am not just here for you. And in fact, the Torah specifically reminds us. So the point here is that he's here for everyone, right? right? Yeah. And, but what's, what's really beautiful about that is that we, time and time again, forget what everyone looks like, how to build a just kingdom. And and we as Christians sometimes get caught up in the rituals and in the in the things that you need to do to honor God before building the kingdom. Right. You know, we the building the kingdom is first I mean if you go to um, Leviticus kingdom standards uh, I think about the year of Jubilee. I'll, let's just talk about this, because I don't think the Jewish nation ever really practiced this, but let's talk about what God's standard was. We always sing about the year of Jubilee. You know, you know those hymns? Nope. You never had, you never sung, Mm-mm. this I is the year of Jubilee. No. Nope. Okay, well, <laughs> you check out your, <laughs> if you check out your uh, hymnals, your hymnal 101, there's a lot of references to the year of Jubilee. And I, I can't... There's some Michael W. Smith songs. Come on, man. Maybe. Uh, I'm really bad at remembering, remembering songs. So yeah, but just come back. That Days of Elijah song? They, yeah. They, be, that's actually... <laughs> a- anyways, anyways. But, 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 <laughs> but let's talk about the Days of Elijah. Shining like the sun. <laughs> <laughs> <A> trumpet call. <laughs> your voice. 
It's the year, year of Jubilee. Oh, I know this song. I just out of sight. I know this song. Okay, yeah, you're right. Until salvation. Wait, so wait. What was the what was well, the original question? The original, we're talking about. <laughs> what was the original question? <laughs> wait, where, how wait. did we get here? Well, explain, well. explain. <laughs> I want to explain the year of Jubilee because the question yeah. is the question is, Chris, is how we're uh, sacrificing, you know, our justice for you know our. I don't know, maybe... Wait, no, it what was, do you feel like we're sacrificing? It was, it was, was it acts or words? Right. And, and acts, yeah. the acts of Christianity is justice. Yeah. That's what we do as Christians. And the year of Jubilee, like the days of Elijah, tell us how we are to be as followers of God. And if we talk about just the simple joy of year of Jubilee, did you know, and you need to read this because this is so much fun, and when you read the standard of God's kingdom, what it would mean to live in a world where God is on the throne. Every seven years, all your debts are forgiven. Think about that. Credit card debts, any outstanding debts between friends, that, that pizza pocket, it's what he's exactly talking about. Get this, it gets even more intense. Every seven... Thought, did you just mention pizza pockets on this religion political talk Yes, show? I did. Pizza <laughs> pockets. Wait, when did you say pizza pockets? pockets. Yeah. You anyway. Pizza pockets? No, I, we don't have pizza pockets. But anyway, back to the story. <laughs> seven times seven years, every seven times seven years, every 49 years, if you've accumulated any land, any wealth... It's gone. You distribute it equally among the people. So every 49 years, it's reset for everyone. Everyone yep. has the same Everybody amount. gets the same amount of land. Everybody gets the same amount of farm. Uh, every farm animals. That's Okay, okay. I was going to say, that's impossible. Because, <laughs> but this is God rule. But this, this is, is God's God standard. Rule. Well, yeah, that, this that's is God's standard. That's, of, what, he did, that's right. what he said with the Jews, right? right? I mean, they never followed it. Right. But. Their nation never <laughs> got there. And that's what, that's what it is. But, but the whole point of the Torah is like, I'm going to create a nation. That you all are going to set the standard for the world. And so we get so confused. We think that the Torah is about God's here for the... It, no, no. He picked the Jews to be the standard so you you can show everybody how to do it. They never quite got there. But, but, the, but you know what's... The show. But it's, you know what's beautiful about it? Is that the Torah ends right when Moses like stops talking. It gives this big epic speech. Like, look, we've never been able to do it. But if you seek God, we might be able to get there. That's a beautiful place to end the Torah because that means you're employed. You're employed to go so do that. So that's what the faith is about. So it's about the acts. Torah? Yeah, the Torah are, so the Torah is the scripture, the first part of the Jewish holy scriptures, which is um, basically the writings of Moses. Uh, Genesis, Genesis Leviticus, oh yeah, Exodus, Exodus. Numbers, Deuteronomy. Yeah. yeah. So it's just the first five chapters of the Bible, basically. Mm-hmm. Books. 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 Anyways. But anyway, so, so your point, your point is, being... It, it is actions that make us Christians. It is actions that make us a part of God's kingdom. And if we but sacrifice it's, it's, those actions... It's the context of those actions, though. Correct, right? Because no, there, everyone there, can there, make those actions, though. No. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I'm telling you, God's oh. circle is wider. Okay. Chris. Okay. I, okay. I, okay. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? No, I was saying, I was saying that anyone can do that. There You're could right. be some atheist across the street. That's and he like, might be more know, Christian than the Baptist down the street. I know, that's what I'm saying. And now, now so you the, the universal law of God is you, that's the fact that it's universal that it's so is it are we saying that all good actions are 
from God, correct? Yes. Okay. And that's all what? love and all goodness is God. Because that well, the way I, I define it, I struggle with that. God is good. God is love. God is peace. God is hope. So any hope, any good, any peace, whether you have a context of who God is, if you're an atheist or not, if you believe in love, you believe in God. I think I take that differently than but you. There Anyways. could be a love for anything, though. There could be a love for, like, killing people. And, like, you know what I'm saying, right? No, that's an addiction. That's different. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You can just God talk. defines so what? We, we've talked so okay. much. You can what, just take, what, like, what is, however much time you okay. need. So, is it bad to love God too much? <laughs> like, okay, you know what I mean? Okay, no, you know what I'm What's your point? What's your point? Okay, so I was saying is like, where you just like neglect everyone around you just to... But if you truly love God that much, you won't neglect people because God has taught us how to love. Okay. That's what our scriptures okay. are okay. about. Okay. It teaches us okay. how to love. Okay. And I think that's why acts is so important. Our actions are so important. Because our actions show our love and if we are truly in love with god okay. we are in truly in love with his people it's so funny because like we're n- not uh, the only part we're disagreeing on is like which one is more important like i think we both agree like right that like both are well i mean both I, are definitely important i think it's, I think it's a ridiculous mostly, thing to argue on because it is dumb. <laughs> we just needed to expand the time eli of this podcast <laughs> Let's give him a blanket. Yeah. And a Bible. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's no reason to do... Okay, okay I, I, no. what? And, wow. and preach the gospel to him. I, I know where he's Just going. Just say Jesus loves you. Why do you have to preach him? What? Because here's the thing. Okay, but what's, what's, the what's, what's, the, what's the worst I could come out of just handing him a Bible? There's a lot. There's a lot of things. Okay, but what? what? It's a Bible. He doesn't even have to read it. He doesn't have to touch it. He just says, here's a Bible. You can read it if you want. I'm just saying, what's so bad about doing that? You know, it's a really good... Because I would I, the problem here, here, here's the problem. You can give him a blanket as well. You know what the problem with me in a podcast is? Is that I I illustrate through story, <laughs> and so I have to use stories. But there could be. But here's a really here's stories. a really it here's have to be your here, story. I'm no, just no, that. you're right. But here's a really good reason why, and I'm gonna try to do it in like thirty seconds. Um, yeah, because it's about to almost time to wrap up here. Here, here's here's the thing. The Bible can't be perfect because it's written by people. And I know that hurts some folks, but and that but, is the but, divide of where, why we come with different theologies. Because, you and I, Esteban, because, that is the divide. Because, <laughs> but here I'm going to show you one of his huge imperfections. We talk about fatherly love all the time. What if that person's on the street because they got beaten every day by their father, and they are left there bleeding and unable to go home, and you hand them just a book, be like, hey. Here's a blanket. It's from us. It's from God. Here's a book about why. And then he's going to go through this book and he's going to learn about the love of a father. They're going to have no context of what a love of a father looks like. In fact, it might be scarring and it may be extremely much more of an emotional journey than it needs to be. It's not about giving people the message. It's about walking with people. But the Bible has other examples not just the majority the of this book because this is I, know. I agree with you the majority of this book is Jesus, right there are different Jesus, examples in fact the first the first yeah but he had a heavenly father who loved him and that's our problem is that person cannot he cannot look at this with the lens of understanding a loving father and, and for but example here's are, the thing if you read the Torah when we talk about God 
It's actually many times guys described as a mother. Yet in our translation, in our perfect book, it's all been translated to a father. I'm telling you, our book is not perfect, and we can't just hand people the gospel as if it's going to be this win. It's, it's about discipleship. Yeah. It's, it's the closest. If you disagree with us, one, that's yeah. totally fine. But it's, it is the closest. There are people at this table that do disagree with him, and that's the whole point of the show. Yeah, right. yeah. That we can come together, sit at this table, have a civil discussion. <laughs> In relation to people, we build a relationship. We show them what God's love is through our actions. And we, we find out their life. We, we share our life with them. And we build that, that nurturing relationship and best serve them in the way that best fits them. Mm. And this has been sitting at the table with Esteban Galan, Chris Camaldo, Jesus Beltran, and Eli Galan. And we hope you guys join us next time. We will be asking the question, what isn't Christianity? Thank you for joining